89.9 The Light. You're in conversation with Clayton and joining me via the wonders of Zoom is Anita Van Dyke. How are you, Anita? I'm good. Thank you for having me on. Oh, look, it's wonderful having you on. Uh, Anita is the author of the book, A Zero Waste Family in 30 Days. We're going to talk about that in a moment. And we actually want to uh, follow a bit of the path that actually got uh, Anita to the place of of wanting to, to focus on this sort of a material. And maybe we'll get out of her some great ideas for some of those last minute sort of do it yourself uh, Christmas presents that we could get to as well. Um, first, Anita, tell us a, a little bit about your journey, because uh, I know that you are a very uh, studied and qualified in a whole lot of various areas as well. But uh, tell, tell us a little bit about, I suppose, uh, what has led you to a place of wanting to focus on being a zero waste family? Yeah, so for me, zero waste is a duality in terms of we want to reduce our waste, but we also don't want to waste our other resources. So time, money, relationships, energy. So for me, zero waste living is that double-edged sword, as you might say. It's a consideration of both, both those things. And this journey started for me when I was flying up the corporate career as a engineering manager. I was literally a rocket scientist, an aerospace engineer. And at the age of 27, I looked at my boss, the big boss and the big, big boss. And I thought to myself, do I want to be these people in the next five, 10, 15 years time? And the resounding answer was no. So then I had to strip back and understand what did I want to do with my life? What is a meaningful life to me and how can I replace it with all the material notions of success that I had previously thought was the epitome of, um, you know, a successful career such as money, status, designer labels, all those things. So I stripped back and that's when my environmentalism journey began. So it really began on economics rather than environmentalism because in stripping back, I had to go back to the frugal lessons of my Chinese Australian migrant parents and learn how to make ends meet on a lower income. And that meant for me not wasting any of my resources, including time, money, energy, and in particular, reduce my waste as well. Yeah. So can I just sort of explore this part of it a little bit deeper before we move on? Um, you said that it sort of started from an economic base. It seems like it actually started even a half step before that around a, a, a choice of lifestyle that uh, you actually wanted a, a different lifestyle of not just pushing to the, to the next step because everyone else told me that that was why I was pushing there. Am I reading your story correctly that that then fed into the economic part of it? Yeah, so it's a bit of combination of both. Let's be honest. You're you're saving money, but you're also saving yourself from, you know, a quarter life crisis. You're saving your soul, really, as you go through this journey. So for me, this concept of saving the planet, it's more than just about being an eco warrior. It's about saving the resources of your soul, your money, your energy, your time, and all those resources that we take for granted. And for me, at 27, it was a real reflection of how my life had spiraled out of control, where I thought material notions of success, like having the latest Gucci handbag, was the, you know, the epitome of what I thought was climbing the corporate ladder. Yeah. It's interesting because a couple of the things that you mentioned there don't often get... 
you know talked about in this conversation we we might hear a phrase like a, a zero waste family in 30 days the, the title of your book and we think oh it's just environmental that that's sort of the focus that we're talking about and maybe there's some economic parts of it but you know you were talking about things like your soul about time um, it is about uh, the waste of our time as well. It, I think we need to, when we take these moments, we look at all of it. And that what is what can actually then drive us forward into proper change, I think, in our world. Absolutely. I think that's why my book is centered around 30 days and it's centered around three pillars. The first one being self-care, because if you don't look after yourself, how can you look after others and also the planet? The second pillar is home care. And as an engineering brain, I had created all these engineering hacks to make it easier for you in your home to create systems to reduce your waste, save money, and also save your time. And the third pillar is childcare, which is about how to raise more conscious citizens, conscious children in this really fractured world we're living in. It's a time of climate change. It's a time of plastic pollution. It's a time of COVID. All these things can feel so overwhelming to families. And it's about stepping through and saying, hey, small changes can make a big cumulative difference. Yeah, I, I like the, the the understanding there too. I, I know for myself and my wife and our family, uh, one of the changes that occurred for us a number of years ago was uh, actually on that ethical change, that sort of aspect that you're talking about with your, your children, that the idea is about the choices we're making, the implications of what that has around the world. And for us, uh, that led us into some of these other discussions around the economic and, and the various other aspects of it as well. Um, you did mention, you know, childcare and, and more than just the looking after as, as maybe is more traditionally understood by that. At this moment of 27, this sort of pivotal moment for you, I know you're a mother now. Were you a mother at 27 or was that something that occurred later? It occurred later. So my first book, A Zero Waste Life, was a beginner's guide on how to reduce your waste. And it did really well, translated to seven languages, won book awards. And now this second book is about a zero waste family. And it's about how I embrace motherhood and all the, you know, balls that we juggle in the air associated with it. So it's a form of gentle activism that I've had to learn that we can only do what we can do. And that means sustainability has to be sustainable for you. So it's about these small changes, whether it be just, you know, saying no to takeaway food containers and reducing the packaging there and enjoying a meal, sitting down um, with your family rather than buying takeout all the time, or whether it be creating a zero waste kit for your family. So putting together a, a, a kit that has a stainless steel drink bottle, a reusable tote bag, a cloth napkin and a spork, taking that out and putting it in their backpack so you can reduce your single use plastics when you're out and about. It's these simple tips that I've learned as a mother to not feel overwhelmed and just do what you can. Yeah. Uh, let's explore each of these three areas. Uh, I, I suppose I want to start uh, again before we sort of dig into those by saying, um, do you need to have a goal or an aim as you head into it? What I mean by that is, do we need to say, right, well, um, by the time we get to this point in time, our household is going to have reduced uh, you know, our, our waste or whatever else it might be by this much to this much. Is that the valuable aspect or is it more to say, we're going to just choose one thing and we're going to just do that once every week, for example? I think it's about small, consistent actions. I mean, if you go through the 30-step guide, you will end up reducing your waste by 80% in 30 days, guaranteed. And that's a significant amount. Yeah. But the first step of my 30-day guide is actually aim for effort. 
not perfect perfection. And it's not even the typical story is aim for progress, not perfection, right? I'm not even asking you to aim for progress. I'm just asking you to make a little bit of effort. And that's what we can all do to make a change. And that's what this journey is about. Small changes, little bit of effort goes a long way. Yeah, exactly right. Um, as you talked about self-care, uh, let's explore a little bit more about that. I, I think, as you've already mentioned, that, you know, as we say, it's it's effort. So let's not be too hard on ourselves if we don't get that sort of idea that we've got in our head or, or around it. Um, what other aspects of self-care are important for us to be thinking about as we go on a journey of reducing our waste? Yeah, so the first component that I really talk about is self-care. And to me, it's not the, you know, stereotypical hashtag super soul Sunday kind of, you know, Oprah-esque self-care. I mean, that's great. Don't get me wrong. Self-care for me, and one of the things I talk about is creating a morning routine. So for me, having starting the morning with a moment of stillness, a bit of stretching and also some soul nourishing reading. And it doesn't have to be hours. It could be five minutes of each. So all up, your morning routine could be 15 minutes, right? 15 minutes of meditation or prayer or and then 15 minutes of stretching, getting your body and getting your energy levels up. And then, um, and then five minutes of reading. So all up, it could be five, 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 or it could be 15 minutes, 15 minutes, or it could be 10, 10, 10, whatever you have time. You just have some time in the morning for yourself. I think this is so important as parents that we often put ourselves at the bottom of the list and we don't any do anything for us. But I always say you got to put on your own oxygen mask first before you can put on the oxygen mask of others. So you got to look after yourself. Yeah, I love that. That's the exact analogy I often use as I talk to uh, fellow parents as well about that moment of self-care. Um, is how you can actually help the best the rest of the family as well. We're going to be back in just a couple of minutes time with Anita Van Dyke. She's the author of the book, A Zero Waste Family in 30 Days, and talk about a couple of these other areas that Anita has already mentioned, home care, child care. And we're also going to uh, just plumb the depths of Anita's imagination with some of the, the DIY gifts that maybe we could do this Christmas as well. That's on the way here on 89.9 The Light. In conversation with Clayton. 89.9 The Light in conversation with Clayton and my guest is Anita Van Dyke. She's the author of the book, A Zero Waste Family in 30 Days. We've already talked about one of the key components that you put in there, Anita, which is self-care. Uh, there's a couple of others. So let's get stuck into the next one. Um, what's some of the, the key ways we can look at home care? What's some of the starting points for us there? Yeah, so home care for me, a really quick, easy win is to tr- create a trash command station. So a trash command station is having it color-coded or labeled with diagrams, the different bins in your home so that your children can help know where their waste goes. So the first one will be composting, right? Teach your children what can be composted, what cannot. You might have an alternative such as a worm farm or other things like that. Whatever system you have for food waste, put it there. Uh, The second bin you may have is recycling. Now, for each different council in different areas in Australia, there are different rules for recycling. So this is a great initiative for you as a family to label what can actually be recycled and what can't. And then your kids can help you out and sort out the recycling. 
The third bin is soft plastics. So normally soft plastics can't be recycled in the council bin, but you can take it to your local Woolies or Coles and that front of the supermarkets is a soft plastics recycling. So you can put all your soft plastics in there and take it once a week to your local Woolies and Coles and get it recycled. And just on that, before you get to the last point in there, how do we tell the difference between these plastics? Is it literally soft? Is that what we're meaning by it? Is yes. that why it's called that? Yeah. So soft plastics is anything you can scrunch into a ball into, into your hand. That's it. That's my rule. So if Excellent. you can scrunch it in your hand, then it goes into soft plastics. Okay. Wonderful. And then the final bin is landfill. And I want to people to label it landfill because when you throw things away, there's no such thing as away and we want to teach our children that it goes somewhere when you throw things away it sits in landfill leaching out methane gas and it contributes to climate change so we need to have that conversation and that trash command station is really the four bins you can have in your home and it'll sort out all your waste and reduce everything that you send to landfill love it so it's uh it's not only you know sorting it out it's the education process in the middle of it as well plus i mean with the cool name like trash command center the the, the kids are going to love that as well right absolutely and you can say it's from a rocket scientist much yes. like, much like houston and you know was for the apollo missions you have a trash command station you can call it houston as well if you want <laughs> i love it a trash command station from a rocket scientist i use that parents i'm, I'm definitely going to be using that from now on as well um, anita let's talk through uh, the the third component of this book and that is child care and, and if you're just joining us we're not meaning uh, childcare in the, the way that often it's used of sending a, a child to be looked after during the day. This is something else. What's the, the key components of this one? So childcare is about how to give advice and how to raise your children to be more conscious citizens who love the planet and appreciate the planet and know that there is no planet B. Earth is the only home we've got. And once again, as a former rocket scientist, we're not going to Mars anytime soon. So Earth is the only home we've got, and we've got to teach our children that. So one of the tips I have in my book, and it's really simple, is to head outdoors. I mean, how many times in the school holidays have we thought, oh, what are we going to do with the kids? And usually it involves money, whether it be going to amusement park, the zoo, or, you know, an indoor playground or whatever it may be. It can add up to hundreds and hundreds of dollars. So my suggestion is to head outdoors and do the free activities how lucky are we in Australia to have beaches, outdoor activities, hiking, bushland that is readily accessible to us, often by public, public transport. Take the kids out and let them see for themselves why Mother Nature is worth saving. Yeah. And and making it an adventure. What I like to do is say if you go to the tide pools when you go to the beach, get them to bring their sketchbook and draw the different tide pools and get them to go home and label the different things that they found. Or if they go to the bushland, get them to make a soundtrack that inspires them from the bush as a result. Or if, if you have a themed thing, you, such as, you know, um, you know, maybe a Little Mermaid theme for the day if you're going to the beach and get them to dress up and label the different creatures and things like that. Make it fun for the kids and also educational at the same time in a subtle way. 
Yeah. Well, I, I love that because it does so many of the things which so many of the the moments you've talked about, Anita, have done. One, it it gets them out and about. We know that's healthier for them just generally. Uh, two, it's economically better uh, overall. It's educational for them as well. And and in the end, I mean, it's going to even back on that economic side of things. It, it actually makes the family richer in a sense in a whole lot of different ways as we go forward as well. I, I Absolutely. love that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, how do we, and maybe this is, again, it's just progression and an attempt is okay, but how important is it to actually um, move our children's perspective on this forward? How do we know we've moved our, our children's perspective on the planet forward, I suppose? Is it is it when we see them demonstrating some of that? Are there a few key things that you've picked up that you know are the ones that go, yeah, for kids, that, that's the one that, that we know it's sort of sunk in for them? I think when you they start, modeling your values and they start replicating what you do I think that's a sign that you've become a great mentor for them and I don't know about you but being a parent for me has made me realize that whether we like it or not you are now a role model right you are a role model and your kids are mirrors of you so they reflect the good things of you and they also reflect the bad things of you so let's get them to try to reflect the good things of you as much as possible and try to emulate the values that you want them to keep so for me my daughter's two and she's already pulling me up on the different recycling and rubbish bins and she's telling me where to put things and that's for me, such a positive thing because that education process is already filtering through. And her love of the great outdoors is something that I have passed on to her, you know, and I, and I feel really proud of that because it's something that we want to carry on as a family, as a tradition in the future to spend more time outdoors, be in nature and immerse ourselves with the, the um, environment. Yeah. Um, is there a best way um, as we sort of look at all of this, Anita, to, to get started. We, we've already mentioned that idea of at least attempt it, but I, I think there's especially a, a sense in the culture of there's so many things I should do um, and, and it's hard to, to get started. I've had a year of COVID and I've, I'm exhausted and I'm all of these things. Is there, is there a, a way to actually just get started and, and allow myself a, a bit of a push forward? Because I know deep down, I want to do something better. I want to look after the planet more. I want to be more economically conservative for myself and my family. I want to educate my kids. How do I get started when it feels all so overwhelming? Yeah, and that's a great question. I think the great way to start is doing a bin audit. So this is something you can do with your family. And I think it's a real kind of, a, a, you know, a real shock to the system when you actually start doing it that will actually encourage you and your family to do better. So get out some gloves and go through what you're throwing out. So go through your bin. The night before bin night, go through your bin and say, is it takeaway packaging? Is it food packaging? Is it clothing tags because you, you know, you love shopping for clothes or is it toy packaging? What is it that's actually coming into your home? And then start brainstorming with your family, your partner, um, you know, anyone else who lives in your household, how you can make those changes. So if it's takeaway food packaging, how about we say, let's do a bulk um, cooking and do some freezing in the freezer and take those out instead of buying, you know, Uber Eats every second day or whatever it is. If it's um, toy packaging, have a conversation with your children about where this 
product comes from and who made the product. It could be people in very dire conditions who source materials from non-renewable resources that make this. And children don't want to harm others by making, you know, just for their toys. So maybe joining the circular economy, shopping secondhand, looking at Facebook Marketplace or borrowing toys, join a toy library, that might be a solution. And finally, if it's plastic packaging from food, why not try reducing your plastic waste by shopping the outer aisles of the supermarket? So Mother Nature has created much of her produce with her own packaging. So it's just about saying no to the plastic packaging, maybe going to the farmer's markets or, you know, getting a delivery box where you get organic groceries delivered to you without any packaging. It's about brainstorming the solutions that work for you. Yeah, love it. Uh, isn't it inspiring uh, being able to have a, a chat and hear from Anita today? She's the author of the book, A Zero Waste Family in 30 Days. We are going to be back uh, in just a couple of minutes time with Anita Van Dyke as she gives us some insights and some ideas for some last minute Christmas gifts that we could DIY. So that's on the way next here on 89.9 The Light. In conversation with Clayton. On Melbourne's home of positive radio, you're on 89.9 The Light and In Conversation with Clayton and Anita Van Dyke. She is the author of the book, A Zero Waste Family in 30 Days. Uh, her second book, uh, following on from the very pop- popular first one about changing the life, and this one, it's for family as well. It's been great to be able to have a, a chat uh, to Anita. But before we let you go, Anita, we, you know, we, we're so close to Christmas now, um, and we're starting to get down to that you know, last-minute rush, which could end up being running off to the shops and just buying junk potentially, or we could do some of those last minute sort of DIY gifts ourselves. And so often they come with more meaning as well. Can you give us a few ideas and hints and and, and tips on that? Yeah. So I have three quick tips. First one, DIY is great. You can make your own body scrub out of coffee grounds and sugar. I have some recipes in my new book, A Zero Waste Family. You can also make really luxurious body oils, um, which is a great gift for anyone in the family. You can also cook a whole big batch of cookies or brownies and put them in an upcycle jar, decorate it with some ribbon and give that. You can also make an assortment of all those things and put it in a secondhand basket and make a gourmet hamper and give it to your family and friends. I mean, who wouldn't love to receive something like that? Those are some easy tips. And another thing I'll suggest is is to gift experiences rather than more stuff. I mean, in times of COVID, it's not, you know, we didn't look around our homes and said, oh, we need more stuff. What we were craving is time with our friends and family, a hug from family members and things like that. So gift an experience. So uh, it could be a voucher to a museum. It could be a subscription to the zoo. It could be just as simple as inviting someone over for a movie night and doing a DIY voucher. It could be also for parents, two hours or three hours of babysitting. You know, who wouldn't love a voucher like that for any kind of occasion? And for me, I think those things are a really easy way to find something simple and easy to do in your own home. Yeah. Uh, look, we did that a few years ago for my mum. And uh, as a family, we gave her um, some cards. And what it was, was every month we were going to do something different with her as a family. So one month it was we took her to the beach. 
Another one was we went out to a cafe. One was we walked through through a gardens or whatever else it might be. The kids did a, a puppet show for her one month and they, she had to come over for a cup of tea and watch that. And, and you know, it was one of her favourite presents that she's ever had. Um, and it was a whole month, that uh, sorry, a whole year, but it was things that we were able to do together and create memories together. And, you know, certainly in that sense, it wasn't just more junk that went in the drawer. Oh, that's beautiful. That's such a great idea. And you can make it like a a gratitude jar or a present jar where you wrap up these, you know, gift ideas into a jar and they can pick one out every month or something, you know, that that would be a lovely gift to have. So brilliant ideas there. And I think giving the gift of time is such an important thing, especially in this year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Are there any uh, concepts, I suppose, especially around for kids? Because um, all of those, you know, kids are certainly will get involved in that and might love a movie night, and like you said, those sorts of things. Um, often they they might seem to stick around. Oh well, I, I need an actual toy, and and it's hard for kids to understand that. Do you have some tips and ideas for for kids' gifts at all? Yeah. So embrace the secondhand economy. If you don't tell them it's secondhand, they won't know, right? And the easiest way is to go to your local op shop or go to the Facebook marketplace or Gumtree and see if you can source those things secondhand, whether it be a scooter or a bike or things. There's a variety of things you can get at a fraction of the cost. Just give it a bit of clean, a bit of a wipe, some WD-40, wrap it in a big ribbon, and they wouldn't know that it's secondhand. Another great alternative is to choose toys. You know, you can buy a variety of toys from the secondhand store and then make a beautiful Santa sack, wrap it up in some ribbon, label it with their name, and there that you have it, a Santa sack full of toys at a fraction of what you pay at, you know, your local toy store. So it's simple ideas that, you know, you can still give stuff, but at the same time, you're not creating virgin resources and using up virgin resources. Yeah, that's wonderful. Um, Anita, uh, we thank you so much. Um, as we said to all the kids earlier on, we're going to be using, uh, you know, rocket scientist Anita said that we have to do this. So we're going to go and do it from now on. But I love your passion. Love the fact that you had a moment where life changed for you and you've now been able to help so many others. And you've certainly done that for us as we look at a, a different way and, and a, you know, a zero waste family in 30 days, as your, your new book says as well. Thank you so much for your time. No, thank you for having me. Anita Van Dyke, uh, my guest here on In Conversation on 89.9 The Light.